Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Eric, 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 there's no way that they're going to sing that song in this movie. Let's just not get our hopes up. It's like, it. all right, it's nominated for a Razzie for a reason. Like, yeah, if they had the song, they'd. you're right. Yeah. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. Come on and slam, come on to do the jam. Come on and slam, if you want to jam. That's not going to transition into the theme song at all, is it? How drab, how dull critique can be. It's begging and pleading for apathy. The good, the bad, the in-between. And nothing is everyone's cup of tea. No time to waste, there's things to do. But Jared and Eric are happy too. They'll suffer the worst of films for you. So enter the strangest of banquet rooms. Come on and slam. And welcome to the jam. Come on and slam, and welcome to the ch- It's such. It's just such a, such a it, good song. It's just so like, good. It's like, yeah. There are very nostalgia peak nostalgia peak peak nostalgia. How many beginnings to a movie are there that are so iconic as? Come on and slam and welcome to the jam. Like, there's the Lion King. There's what else? I don't know. This is purely the nostalgia talking. Oh, I think the one that's like the purely nostalgia for me is like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Like, speaking of movies based on 90s properties, like that original, like Teenage Mutant, like that, that song has that, that exists in the exact same part of my brain where it's like, when I hear it, I am like five again. I like... was never a Teenage Mutant Ninja child, but I, uh, I do have distinct memories of like grade five and like the teacher like wheels in the like giant CRT TV with like the VHS player oh, yeah. puts in Space Jam and it's just a jam instead of like being in class for an oh. hour and a half. And beautiful. Just like Friday afternoon, just like marvelous. Marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like this is the risk in watching this movie is ruining all of these memories. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too, because I was never much of a sports person. Uh, and no? like the. <laughs> Have I not mentioned that to you before? No. No, you haven't. Uh, um, but like the. the the vibes of Space Jam, they feel more Looney Tunes to me than they do basketball. And like... Oh, it is, absolutely. The, the yeah. basketball element never took away from the, the... 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 just the joy of Space Jam. I wonder if I watched them both again today, would I find myself more attached to Space Jam or more attached to Looney Tunes back in action? Because I feel like both of those are connected somehow, and I don't know the answer to that question. I have I I recently rewatched Looney Tunes back in <gasps> action. Um, honestly, I feel like Space Jam holds up better, oh. but both of them will still like the. I I would also throw in the Rocky and Bullwinkle live action ish oh? movie. 
Um, in the in the sense of you know, once you're combining animation and um, live action, you're it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to work like Space Jam does, or mm. it's going to be the Rocking Bullwinkle. <laughs> um, and that's where I'm like, where is this one going to fall? There's where also the who framed Roger Rabbit. There was a oh, whole well, like. Just- brief cycle of this live action with animation that lasted for like about a decade and then almost completely fell out once cgi became a thing there's also cool world the ralph bakshi movie but we're not going to talk about that today no Um, but we might have to later how do you know so many more of these movies than i do (laughs) who framed roger rabbit i think would be my pick for my favorite yeah only because of one of my favorite headcanons, which is the um, Jessica Rabbit being asexual. I knew you were going to say that one. Oh, yeah. it is, it That's is marvelous. marvelous. That's marvelous. It is the asexual representation that I, I, I like. <laughs> I, I want, need, and deserve. Yes. Like... <laughs> I also feel like Who Framed Roger Rabbit would probably hold up best among the three because I feel like just from memory, I haven't watched any of these recently, I feel like it's going to be the most deconstructionist. Oh, yeah. No, like, it's... There's something special about that movie that, like, I think the fact that it came first of all the ones we mentioned mm-hmm. is kind of... It's... It's, it helps. it's baffling. Yeah. Like, I, I just... No, I think, like, you would think that this is a movie that like would have set a blueprint that the others could follow mm. and space jam did and the others didn't mm. is kind of how i see it space jam followed the kind of like craziness element mm. of like the not taking itself seriously but also delivering something that was you know entertaining. because looney tunes <laughs> back in action as we know took itself very seriously just to you know that's that's the thing as soon as as soon as you bring in brendan fraser mm-hmm um, you know that you're looking at high art. <laughs> <laughs> I also can never say his name not saying Fraser. <laughs> I always, because for some reason they are both rooted in the 90s and early 2000s, and I don't know why. Um, you also, you mentioned Looney Tunes back in action, and you mentioned Brendan Fraser, and it makes me think of that one joke where... Brendan Fraser in character as whatever his character's name is talks about how he'll never measure up to Brendan Fraser, the actor who he does stunts for and it can we watch all of these movies instead of Space Jam A New Legacy? That's what it's called, right? I think so. It's like a new something. It it like yeah. the the space the space jam the space jam movie it was it was never going to hold up to the original but what I've heard is that it's so much worse. I have I have too and I don't know why I just know generally like I'm going in kind of blind besides the fact that I know it's a space jam movie and mm. I know that people hate it. Mm. Um and of course you know who is starring in it your favorite basketball player Bugs Bunny. <laughs> the one replacing the Michael Jordan character is... The Tasmanian Devil. You, uh, Jared really knows sports, guys. <laughs> I just, I want people to know Jared 
is such a sports fan. He's just I I I have a I have game here. I'm gonna name some of the most famous oh, athletes. No. Oh no! In the world, and you're going to determine what sport they play. Okay. okay? We'll just go quickly through this. Watch okay, me. I'll start with, okay. I'll start with an easy one. Okay. Uh, Sidney Crosby. Golf. Okay. This is 0 for 1. Um, Naomi Osaka. Sounds like lacrosse. No. Mike Trout. Fishing. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, Sue Bird. Oh, oh. Is there is there one that's like airborne, like with like like paragliders? Like paraglider ultimate frisbee. That's my guess for that one. I, I'm gonna just tell you that none of the names are going to perfectly line up with the sports well, that then, they play. What um, am I supposed to be going on here? Okay, okay. Tiger Woods. Okay, that one's golf. I know that one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> or hunting. I mean, golf does sometimes happen in the woods, so he's probably <laughs> the only one. Um, and if you're careful, you know, depending on where you're playing, you got you might run into a tiger. Um, uh, yeah, I hope the that other Tiger ones... Woods has once run into a tiger in the woods. I feel like that's just destiny, and I feel like his life won't be complete until he experiences that. I, I also hope, personally, that Mike Trout, like, has caught a, a trout mm -hmm. while fishing, and just felt his life was complete and yeah. he didn't need to play baseball anymore. Baseball was the answer for that ah, one. I see. Um, but that's just to prove to people <laughs> that Jared does not know sports. So they could make up the rules to basketball in this movie and I would be like, okay. Yeah. 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 And you know what? You know what... Uh, country basketball comes from right canada yes yes there we go i did i okay. did i did i did like i almost said america i almost got it wrong but i had like a flashback to one of those like canadian heritage minutes and yes yeah oh i want to just do a full episode on canadian heritage <laughs> minutes, but none of them are bad um I feel like every time I've seen a Canadian Heritage Minute recently, I can't tell if it's a real one or a parody of a real one. <laughs> like, I think I saw one recently that was on, like, Marshall McLuhan, uh, the, the, the medium is the message guy. Uh, yes. And it, it looked so much like a parody of itself, but I also genuinely could not tell. I mean... I think that that speaks more to the quality of the content because it's so consistent and the parodies also are consistent. <laughs> like as soon as you're, it's like a parody of Darman is going to just be a shade off of the original Darman. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, you can watch it and be like, nope, this doesn't have that. That it factor. We're that doing a, a really good has. job right now of talking about literally anything except the Space Jam reboot movie. With 
LeBron James. Yes. That was the um, one. I knew yeah. I had I knew I had heard the name before, but I was just blanking. Um but yeah, we're gonna watch it and um enjoy it, I'm sure. Let's just get started. Let's just get uh, it over with. And uh we'll see you after the short musical break with plenty of spoilers. Plenty of for spoilers. The new Space Jam movie, whatever it's called. Remain on the edge of your seat in a moment. Your hosts will return with the fruits of their suffering. Every last thought that is currently buffering too. The time has arrived, their opinions will now debut. Well, after watching that <laughs> poignant critique of the future of the metaverse, I am shocked that Mark Zuckerberg still went forward with his announcement <laughs> um, in October of last year. I mean, he should be afraid of what's going to happen. Uh, I think that the that the most poignant thing that we learned from that movie is that if you travel deep into the server room of a large corporation like Warner Brothers, if you travel inside the machines of the computers themselves, Mm -hmm. then you will find out how they work. And how they work is that there's a little man inside who's pulling all the strings and he looks an awful lot like Don Cheadle. (laughs) Yeah, and I I loved that you were like, no, he's part of an algorithm. He isn't an algorithm. And then they were like, this is Algae Rhythm. And you were like, I hate this movie. (laughs) Um... This, we finally, in this, we finally, four movies into our Razzie's arc, I finally get why this is nominated. Because this, this movie was genuinely a mess. This, this movie was um, an absolute mess of so many different ideas that were all trying to happen at the same time and i still can't entirely make sense of it i think i wrote down at some point no i don't think i know i wrote down at some point because i wrote it down that this movie cannot sit still with a single idea for more than five minutes before it has to throw that idea aside and introduce an entirely new idea or yeah, in, not throw it, that first idea aside and just introduce more ideas on top of that established idea. This movie was a mess. But but at the same time, so it took about half an hour for any Looney Tunes yeah. to make it into the plot. Yeah, I had and... to sit through, dear listener, I had to sit through <laughs> 30 minutes of basketball. <laughs> And then, luckily, there was no actual basketball played at any point after that. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, we're we're kind of jumping ahead a bit. We're kind of well, jumping around a little bit. I was going to just go through bit. what was happening in the I, plot. Is it possible to go through what was happening in the plot? Actually, yeah, so, this is the spoiler section. This is the spoiler is. section. So I can say, right off the bat, Bugs Bunny dies. <laughs> He comes back like five minutes later because he's Bugs Bunny and he can't yeah. be killed. But Bugs Bunny gets an emotional death scene. <laughs> B- 
Bugs Bunny. But was it Bugs, emotional? Actually, can we can before before we go through uh, before we go through the rundown of what actually happened, which I don't know if it will actually be generative for a movie like this. I want to talk about what this movie thinks of the Looney Tunes. Because yeah. this is, first and foremost, supposed to be a Looney Tunes movie. And it doesn't seem to know what what it wants to be as a Looney Tunes movie. Like, there are, like, Looney Tunes segments that take place throughout, but they're, like, so fast. Like, But that's the thing. They, they are so fast, but at the same time... This movie pushed two hours. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they had extended those Looney Tunes sequences and we would have had, a, a, like, a monster of a movie that was <laughs> twice as long. But like... imagine, no, imagine watching Looney Tunes cartoons and saying, you know what's wrong with this? This, the, pa- the pacing is too slow. Children these days don't have the attention span for classic Looney Tunes cartoons. We need to do all of this and twice as much at Mm -hmm. double speed. (laughs) I also think that it's interesting that Bugs Bunny, for the first time in, I think, Bugs Bunny's entire history, had half of an emotional arc. Yeah. Like, Bugs Bunny had an emotional through line through the first half of this movie, and then the movie forgot about it. <laughs> well, it didn't forget about it entirely. It did bring it back with his emotional death scene. But <laughs> I, I, I do think, yeah, the key thing to, just to briefly go over the plot, okay. so people, we can contextualize it. Um, if the first Space Jam was the Looney Tunes recruiting Michael Jordan to help them win a basketball game. This was the, like, they were trying to reframe it as LeBron James recruiting the Looney Tunes to uh-huh. win a basketball game. Um, but at that point, it, it, it also just completely abandoned just anything about basketball. Uh, <laughs> because you ha- the entire match takes place in this metaverse-like warner verse um which uh, i is think just... they, they did call it the server verse because server-verse. it took place it is actually interesting to me how this movie conceptualizes the intellectual property of warner brothers as existing inside the server bank in yeah. the basement of warner brothers studios there's something interesting to me about that it, it 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 was interesting yeah <laughs> um, but the uh the whole t- um plot takes place in this basically and just as a rapid fire thing lebron james um and his son are at odds with each other because lebron james wants him to play basketball the son wants to develop video games mm-hmm. and so this basketball video game that his son developed um they play it in this server verse and the evil algae rhythm <laughs> basically manipulates the game so that apparently he's going to trap LeBron and like 
thousands of random people that were trying to watch the game in this serververse forever. Um, which is including like, LeBron's family, which is pretty solid as an evil plan. But like the, the like not to nitpick this movie unnecessarily, because I think that there are more interesting criticisms yeah. that can be made of it. But as a villain motivation, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Oh, oh, it made no sense, especially <laughs> since, okay, he brings a bunch of people into his server uh-huh. as a punishment specifically to LeBron James because he didn't like his idea. Like, the whole plot is because LeBron James said no to basically Space Jam 2. Um, uh-huh. Because he was like, I don't think I should act. That'll, that won't go well. <laughs> um, and which solid, solid meta joke. Give it that. Um, I, I, will, but, I will give this movie something. It, it had a level of self-awareness. There was. A um, level, but then, not enough self-awareness, but a level of self-awareness. Yeah. Um, but then he brings all of these people in as punishment to LeBron James. And then, you know, this is his server. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to give them any chance to escape. Like, why, from his perspective, if he's trying to punish LeBron James and wants him to live in the serververse forever, mm-hmm. why give him a way out? I mean, you... why does this algorithm, sorry, algae rhythm, want LeBron James to live in this server forever to begin with? As punishment for not liking his idea because okay. he's sentient and evil. I, I um, think that there there's there's more let let's let's move on from these nitpicks because like yeah. we want this to be a short episode. I, I also like you mentioned the the like I wanna touch on the one other the one like five minute section of the movie that worked for me <laughs> was them recruiting the Looney Tunes from other properties. Mm-hmm. Um, which happens about halfway through, mm-hmm. um, where they 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 go through some like Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> um, they go they, not through... some Mad Max Fury Road. They enter into the literal movie Mad Max yes. Fury Road. There is actual footage from Mad Max Fury Road that they superimpose the Road Runner into and yes. Bugs Bunny and LeBron James. And Wiley Coyote. And Wiley Coyote. That, yeah. like, that was, uh, that, it's like. And they do the same thing with, like, Casablanca. Yeah. The Matrix. Um, just, like, read a pro- Game of Thrones with Foghorn Leghorn <laughs> as Daenerys, <laughs> which honestly works. Like, <laughs> if you're talking about jokes that land that's probably that like i think i turned to you at the end of that and i was like that is the peak of the movie yeah, yeah. it is all downhill from here and, and was. i was right and yeah. it was um but there's like there's like i i feel so dirty laughing at that part of the movie because like the one thing that i knew going into this was that if like this movie was like Warner Brothers collecting all of their intellectual property and just like like dumping all of the toys out of the toy box all and all onto the floor to play with them all all at once. And there's like a degree to which 
that one sequence, while it is genuinely hilarious to see uh, Granny from the Tweety Bird cartoons, like, being a badass Matrix woman, um, it's also, like, why, why am I laughing at this late capitalist shit posting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what, it, like, it, it was... I, I do think that, you know, we got to give credit to the writers of this movie um, for, at the very least, having, like, a brainstorming session mm. that they were like, okay, just, like, throwing ideas out there and not saying no to any of them. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, okay, 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 okay. What about if we had Sylvester and Porky Pig or was no Elmer Fudd in Austin Power. And so it was just like, yes. Yes. That. I feel like, like it, I feel like the pitch session or the, the writing room for this movie or whatever it was, I feel like it was more than that. I feel like it was more than just like saying yes to everything. I think there was an element of like what we're already doing isn't enough. Like kids mm. don't find the Looney Tunes interesting enough we need to throw more explosions into there more fireworks more things need to happen kids aren't interested in basketball enough we can't have these characters play basketball in the third act we have to have these characters play this like weird video game basketball where like everyone has superpowers and the rules don't matter and like that like I don't know if the writers of this movie had ever played a video game before, but video <laughs> games actually have, like, really strict rules that you have to follow. They're not Calvin Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin Ball is exactly what it was. For those who don't know Calvin and Hobbes, it is just a game that you make up the rules as you go along. <clears throat> and the players in the movie knew that they were able to just make up the rules as it went along. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was probably the most painful part of it <laughs> was not actually getting, like, you, you bring in LeBron James to play basketball and then you don't have him play basketball. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say, yes, they haven't played a video game or they don't know that video games have rules. But also... Imagine a video game designed by a 12-year-old, and I can kind of imagine this being that. No, but imagine a video game designed by a 12-year-old who doesn't have game design experience. It's going to be a lot more basic. But the, the idea was he's a super genius. Who has a magical cell phone that can scan people into it. Yes. But even well, then, like, you, if you're a super genius, you know where the limits are. Like, if you're, like, a like a mid-level genius 12-year-old, then you're, like, inventing these things in your head, and you're thinking about how they're going to play at the end, and not how you get there. If you're a super genius, you think about, like, what can I do? What are my limitations? What can I do within those limitations? Yeah, I, I'm not saying that the movie makes sense. I'm just <laughs> saying that I could actually, that wasn't my biggest issue with it. Um, no, there, there is a lot to unpack in this movie. Um, I think that 
the so other thing that I want to touch on. Um, well, okay. First of all, Don Cheadle mm-hmm. um, went from, I thought, giving like a slightly over the top performance <laughs> um, to being just this like, I think he had a lot of fun making this <laughs> because mm-hmm. I I think that there was a certain part where he just gave up and was just like, <laughs> I'm going to be unhinged. That I like, he saw how this movie was going, even though he was probably acting entirely in a green screen. Yeah, suit. I, I, I don't think that anybody who was acting in this movie could tell where this movie was going. I think this movie was built in the edit room. But I think you read this script, which I, I, I don't think there's any way to read this script and not see what is going to play out. Um, when it's just. Cut like joke after joke after joke, and there's they try to cram in every Looney Tunes character, mm-hmm. in and have them all have a part in it, and all of them have lines and their catchphrases, and you're like, you have Porky Pig, rapping. Oh my god! Which I okay, was wondering when we were gonna get to the, that. The, the whole point of making a joke of Porky Pig rapping would be to incorporate his stutter into the yeah. rap and making it work. He you can't just magically him... lose his stutter the you moment don't lose he his starts stutter. rapping. No. Uh, it just, yeah, no, he just, he just, he's like, I'm going to rap now. Perfectly fine. And it's sort of like, thank you, by the way, Eric, for not rapping. No. I'm not going to try to do the Porky Pig rap. Um, from Space Jam, A New Legacy. Um, I mean, come on. It's um, also like, the the movie sits with Porky Pig rapping for a solid three minutes straight. In like, the middle of the apparent basketball game. Like, well, that, the clock that, was is of, running. that was one of the basketball moves. Yeah, yeah. That was, the clock was running, and you're like, okay, um, they're losing by a lot. What's going on? And then suddenly he gets more points because he dropped sick bars, I believe yeah. is what they referred to. Like... Also, um, I remember at some point you said this, this was probably written by an algorithm. <laughs> Did you happen to see how many credited writers were on this movie? No. Six. <laughs> Six credited screenwriters were on this movie. Um... That's where I'm like, that's, that's, that was where I was like, yeah, this is, you have a writer's room or people, it's just like, bang, idea, idea, idea. We're just going to throw ideas out there. And I, I don't know what else to say about this. Like, there is one more thing that I think can be said about this, which is that I have a feeling that despite this movie being critically panned and probably about to win a Razzie award... I think that this is not the last movie that will that we will see of its kind. I think that as movie studios acquire more and more smaller companies as these acquisitions start to uh you know form like small planets if you will of monopolies mm-hmm. I think that it's 
quite likely that we'll see more of these like mega crossover event movies where Disney just like pours the entire Disney toy box and the entire 20th Century Fox toy box and the entire Marvel toy box and the entire Pixar toy box onto the floor and is like, I'm going to play with all of these toys all at once. Okay, but I I will counter the Lego movies basically do that and somehow work. I think that just because it works doesn't mean that we can't question if it's a good idea. No, or no, even but like, I'm just saying just Warner Brothers it, already did that. Yeah. I feel like with something like this, whether or not it produces good art doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a creative choice that's a little bit dystopian. Yeah. Like, I I feel like just because it works in the Lego movie, just because it's fun, and, like, just because it is fun, even in this movie, to watch Foghorn Leghorn dressed up as Daenerys from Game of Thrones riding a dragon, uh, like, we can laugh at that, but I feel like we also have to look at that and go is this really what we want pop culture to become? Well, I think that there's, like, I do agree with you that there are going to be more movies of this kind. I just wonder if they're going to be more $150 million investments. Because (laughs) that's what this was. And (laughs) it shows on the screen. Like, there's no expense spared uh-huh. in terms of the animation, the, like, CGI. There is a lot that you can see on the screen as being expensive. Daffy um, Duck even makes that joke. That when well, he transforms into CGI Daffy Duck from animated Daffy Duck, he says, Oh, I feel so expensive. That's my Daffy yeah. Duck impression. But it's it's just the whole, like... I think this probably didn't make enough money to have them counted as a win. Um, so I, I feel like that's, that's where you're going to have... It's cheap to make a bunch of these kinds of jokes, and mm. you could probably do it in like a Once Upon a Time kind of TV series. Um, mm. uh, counterpoint, a lot cheaper. Counterpoint to your counterpoint. Uh, the structure of this kind of mega crossover lends itself the best to event cinema. I'm just saying it also event cinema costs a lot more. Yeah. Is, you know, and studios more than anything speak in the language of money. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that you, like, go into a pitch meeting with shareholders who don't know anything about how popular culture works, and you say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get Bugs Bunny, Game of Thrones, Scooby-Doo, Casablanca, 
Austin Powers, The Iron Giant, King Kong, they're all going to be in the same movie. If you're a big King Kong fan, you're coming to this movie just to see King Kong in the background. If you're a big Scooby-Doo fan, you will feel that nostalgic joy when you see the mystery machine drive in through the background. Like, yeah. it, it, like it speaks the language of money that investors who are funding these movies understand more that it speaks to the actual narrative interests that audiences actually have because like these kinds of mega crossovers it's like i wasn't paying attention to the plot during the basketball scenes because my eyes were only in the background trying to catch easter eggs yeah like Don Cheadle screaming at the bench and then you're just looking at Pennywise doing a little dance behind yeah. him and clapping his hands and you're like and not to be clear they this is the studio that has Pennywise and they had a different actor I think mm-hmm. just playing Pennywise in the background and there's a lot of that that happens where you're just like can't you just take a like a random scene from the movie and composite it on you seem to have a lot of money <laughs> Um, I, there, but like this movie is, this movie is made to be gift. It's made so that after you watch it, you go online, you gift the section with Pennywise dancing in the background and you post it to Twitter saying, look at this part of this movie where Pennywise is in it. And then your Twitter friends who are big, big Pennywise fans are like, oh my God, I have to see the new Space Jam movie. It's got Pennywise in it for 30 seconds, which isn't how things actually work, but I'm saying that's how the investors think it works. Yeah. I I, I also feel like that was kind of my, my thought process in terms of how the pacing was going mm-hmm. was... This was a movie, I, I said it was more made for TikTok, where it was mm. just like, we want to have Looney Tunes segments that can be shown on TikTok. Like, just have, a, like, we know that a normal Looney Tunes sketch would be three minutes. Let's make it three seconds. <laughs> like, and it's just, you're, you're going to have to do better than that if you're going to attract the fans of Looney Tunes that this movie should be made for and not the people who don't care about Looney Tunes who are never going to watch this movie because what's a movie? (laughs) (laughs) But it does also raise an interesting question. Like, have the Looney Tunes actually had their own movie since Looney Tunes back in action? Well... We don't do enough research to know that. <laughs> but, like, it, it doesn't need research. Like, we know this off the top of my, our heads. We're both, like, pop culture people. They've probably had, like, a couple of, like, direct-to-DVD stuff. But That's have what the I was Looney thinking, Tunes yeah. had, like, any big theatrical release since Looney Tunes back in action? This is the, I think... Correct I think me it is mi- the first one. Yeah, this yeah. is the first Looney Tunes movie in a while, and it's, like, not a Looney Tunes movie. It's, like, a Warner Brothers plays with all their toys movie. And so there's, like, a kind of sad thing that's happening here of, like, 
the Looney Tunes are getting bumped to the side in their own movie. Like, in the original Space Jam, Lola Bunny is a whole character. She has, yeah. like, interesting things to do and interesting things to say. And in this movie, she's, like, uh, she she does a whole Wonder Woman segment, and then she's just kind of in the background for the rest of it. And I guess, like... I don't know. To kind of like bring us full circle in the way, in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, who framed Roger Rabbit did a kind of similar thing. Yeah. Where it brought together pop culture properties from Disney and from Warner Brothers and somehow got Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny into the same movie. I don't know how they negotiated that with copyright, but they did it. <laughs> It worked in Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it stuck to the theme of cartoons and the movie was asking, what is it that we have to say about cartoons? Mm -hmm. I don't know what Space Jam A New Legacy has to say about the entire catalog of Warner Brothers intellectual property. I think that this movie doesn't actually have a point. Like, I think that there's not a clear enough message even, especially since it kind of keeps forgetting its morals and there are two kind of competing morals that never quite get resolved, where it's like LeBron James is so devoted to like, oh, like, you have to practice and practice. And the whole point of this is, no, basketball is more fun if you don't practice. <laughs> And I like I, I think that if I'm taking anything away from this, it's there's not going to be another Looney Tunes movie that we're going to feel the Looney Tunes are the main characters in. I just feel like maybe we've moved on. Like they, they these are characters, a lot of them who originated in like the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And so they have like we have a backlog that we can always revisit. I don't know if if this is what we get as a modern incarnation of the Looney Tunes. Hmm. No thank you. But the Looney Tunes don't need to be modernized outside of murdering Pepe Le Pew. Like the <laughs> the Looney Tunes are designed as characters to appear in multiple different iterations of of short cartoon segments that at the end of the day are repetitive like looney tunes back in action and the original space jam had a handle on what made the looney tunes work and in this space jam they're just kind of zany cartoons that run around shooting each other with guns and blowing stuff up and then they're fine and like that yeah. was that was this movie's understanding of the looney tunes yeah and that's what i'm saying like if if that is what we have to, like, if that's the Looney Tunes that they feel we need, like, if if they don't go back to the classic ones, there's no point. I, um, I think that there is a way of modernizing the Looney Tunes and making a Looney Tunes movie that has something to say about the Looney Tunes. And I think that that's the note that we should end this episode on, because I think that we are going a little bit long. 
Yes. Um, so, if you want to find us on the metaverse, um, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all at Flubdubster. Uh, you can follow Tarquin in the metaverse as well uh, on the same platforms, I think, or on the music stream platform of your choice, listening to the latest EP, A Tyrant's Demise. Mm-hmm. You can follow Jared on Twitter at at Jared Aronoff. Uh, you can follow me not on the metaverse. Please don't try to find me there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's on there somewhere. Go, I'm on go, there somewhere. Go track him down. You can find me living in a computer as a little <laughs> man. <laughs> Controlling the LeBron James pictures. Eric, um, Eric have you been an algorithm this entire time? <laughs> I yes, knew I, it. I I I don't know how you haven't noticed that all of my jokes just go run through a computer. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Uh, please enjoy our last episodes on the Razzie's Arc, and then we can get back to our usual program. <laughs> yeah. Hope you vote. Hope you vote. If the concept were to exist, that I'm to explain, which it doesn't. In hypothetical terms, every form of art has a bucket, a container to categorize the format and style, the greats and the rotten. The podcast that you've just consumed did the work for you by scraping the bottom.